We're in a series called Blessed. Blessed. And today I want to talk to you about don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. It's really interesting as I've been studying this word blessed and just kind of dissecting it and looking at it in the Greek. And, and another word for this word blessed is the word happy. Happy. Those words are kind of interchangeable. Blessed and, and happy. What, what makes you happy? Just think about that for a moment. What, what makes you happy? Maybe, maybe getting a, a new car or another car would make you happy or or perhaps getting some new clothes makes you happy. Or, or perhaps getting some new furniture. You get some new furniture and, and you, get, you get happy. Maybe it's getting another job, a new job, and you get a new job and you're, you're happy. Maybe it's getting the big flat screen television, 80 inch, so that you can watch the Dallas Cowboys lose again. I'm not preaching about the Cowboys anymore. You were here about three weeks ago. I preached about the Dallas Cowboys. Then they lose. Okay, I'm in the flesh right now. Let me get back in the spirit. All right, let me get back in the spirit. But maybe it's getting a new phone, a new Blackberry, a new, a new iPhone, and, and it makes you happy. You know, some of the things that make me happy, and, and I get happy when I get to play with my kids. It's, it just makes me happy. Uh, they're young, and man, play, play on the floor, wrestle. Uh, watch cartoons with them. My, my two oldest boys like to play the Xbox and play sports games, and I play with them. And it just makes me happy hanging out with my kids. Uh, another thing that really makes me happy, actually, it's the highlight of my week every week, and that's date night with my wife. It just makes me happy. I just look forward to going on a date with my wife. Sometimes we go out to eat and or watch a movie, or, or we'll go just sit down at a coffee shop and just talk. But it just makes me happy hanging out with, with my wife. Uh, another thing that makes me happy is, is going on vacation. My wife and I have the philosophy, we work hard, and we work really hard to play hard. So we work hard to play hard, and man, we'll give it 110% and work hard, 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 and then I love when we hop in the car, and we just get away and spend time as a family, and it just makes me happy. Another thing that really, like, really, 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 really makes me happy is eggnog milkshakes from Brahms. Praise the Lord. I don't care if you don't like it. I like it. And it makes me happy. And it's fresh on my mind because yesterday I went through Brahms drive through Matter of fact, I was driving down the road and I called up Brahms and put a special phone call and I asked them, do you have any eggnog milkshake? They said, yes, we do. Bam! I was there, ordered me an eggnog milkshake. And guess what? It made me happy. Now, this morning I woke up and my stomach was kind of, but that's all right. Because last night I was happy. I was happy. I was happy. And what Jesus gives us is he gives us some secrets to a truly happy life. He tells us how to be truly blessed. And what Jesus says to you and I may shock us because it's probably not what you think. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 3, blessed, or that word blessed in, in the Greek, fortunate, or well off, or happy, blessed, happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are happy are the meek, 
for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed or happy are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed or happy are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of Jesus. Blessed. And Jesus gives us secrets to a blessed life. And did you notice that that it doesn't include or mention fame, fortune, or power? You see, a truly blessed life doesn't have anything to do with what most people spend their entire life chasing after. And today what I want to do is I want us to drill down on what a truly blessed life looks like. I want to teach you one of the major keys to living a truly blessed, a truly happy life. And here's what I want to encourage you, because I'm not going to teach, don't have time today, to teach this entire portion of scriptures that I read to you. And one day we'll do a series on the Beatitudes. But I want to encourage you to spend some time this week reading Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 11. Because listen, I want you to be blessed. And Jesus tells us how to be blessed. So would you read this and study it and meditate on it this week? But I want to zoom in on one of these scriptures. And I want to talk to you about being meek. Being meek. Jesus said, blessed are the meek. Please hear me today. If you want to live a blessed life, you must live. It's not optional. You must live a meek life. What does it mean to be Meek. As I was studying this week and looking at uh, all types of material and commentaries and just studying this whole message on blessed are the meek, the, the, my favorite definition, the best definition that I saw, point number one, is this about being meek. And that is this it's strength under control. Strength under control control. You see, a lot of people hear the word meek, and I know what some of you thought when you heard me say I'm teaching on being meek, you immediately started to think about someone who's timid, shy, weak, and who has no backbone. But that's not what that word means at all. That's just not the case. Meekness does not equal weakness. That's not what that word means at all. God is not telling us men, please hear me, God's not telling us we have to be sissies to be blessed. You see, Christianity oftentimes has this rap. You know, well, being a Christian, you know, it's just not for men. You know, it's just you got to be weak, got to just not have a brain, not be strong to be a Christian. And that's not, that's not the case. Matter of fact, one of the things I love about this church is this church is full of men. Women, I love you now. I love you. I love that our, the women are here serving the Lord. But I'm glad we got some men in the house. They want to serve Jesus and live for Jesus and, and honor Jesus. And, and meek does not equal weak. You don't have to be weak with your strength. You don't have to be weak with your convictions. You don't have to be weak with your values. You don't have to be weak with your beliefs. You don't have to be weak with your passion to be meek. A meek person is simply someone who has their strength under God's control. I think the best way to illustrate this for you is 
taking you back to my childhood days. I, I grew up and went to elementary, junior high and high school in a town called Weewoka, Oklahoma, a town of about four or 5,000. When I was growing up, today it's probably two or 3,000 people that live in Weewoka. If you're not familiar where Weewoka is, it's a suburb of Holdenville. And so I just kind of wanted to zoom you in on where I grew up. So right there at Holdenville is where I grew, I grew up. And, and we lived in the city limits in Weewoka. But we always had land outside of the city limits and farm and we had cows. I can remember branding cows and herding cows and fixing fence and baling hay. That's how I grew up and sometimes some chickens and out there we had horses. And so I grew up riding horses and so I enjoyed that life. You know, I look like a city slicker, but man, I'm a country boy at heart growing up in we woke, and I can remember one time some of our family who lived in the city came down to We Woke and, and we saddled up the horses and we thought we had the horses good and, and tamed and ready to go. And because, and listen, a wild, untamed horse is no good to mankind. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of useless if it's not tamed. And, and so we got the horse saddled up, and my cousin, she, she got on that horse. She thought, I'm ready to ride this horse. And guess what? She got on that horse. That horse took off. I'm talking about a dead sprint. And here my cousin is a city slicker riding this horse. And she started screaming, Herbert! Herbert! That horse took off, ran through a barbed wire fence. It just kept going and going and going and going. And I thought, we didn't have that horse as tamed as we thought we did. And, uh, and But can I tell you, when a horse is tamed and a horse has been trained can i tell you it's still strong it still has power but when it's tamed and broken its power is under control and a horse can be so under control with this power that i've seen it you've seen it that you can even have a little kid that gets on the horse who's big and strong and who can buck and who can be powerful and can trample on a little kid but they can be so tame that a kid can ride on the back of a horse because it's strong but his strength is under control and it's the same thing with you and I listen God he, it's okay to be strong and have your convictions and and be and, and be, be, be a person with passion but God wants our strength under his control Jesus wants to ride us he wants to direct our lives. He wants to control our lives. He wants to, to re- direct the course of our life. I think Paul says it best in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 20. He says, when you were slaves to sin. Very interesting. Slaves. When you were controlled by sin. When you didn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you were controlled by sin. You were a slave to sin. You were free from the control of righteousness. You were free from, 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 from God and God's spirit and living a life that would honor God. You were free from the control of righteousness. Verse 21, what benefit did you reap at the time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, Listen, you were set free from sin. It doesn't mean that you won't ever sin, but it does mean you don't have to sin. You've been set free from the power of sin, and and yet you still have a free will, and you could yield to temptation and yield to sin, but you've been set free. You're no longer controlled 
by sin and have become, the Bible says, slaves. Notice that language. Slaves to God. That our life would be controlled by God. That he would sit on us. He would ride us. He would lead us. He would guide us. We're controlled by God. He says the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Friends, I want you to see that there are wonderful benefits to a meek life, to having our strength under God's control. Some of you have seen this in your own life. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you had an anger problem. And you would fly off the handle. You would lose your temper. And since you gave your life to Christ, and over the years, maybe you've been serving God a year or two or five or 20 or 30, you don't have the same anger problem that you used to have. Because your anger is under God's control. Maybe you used to have an attitude problem. And you always were just mean and nasty to people. And, but over time, as you've given your life to Christ and, and you, you surrendered your strength to, to God's control, you don't have the same attitude that you used to have. Because your strength is under God's control. Your anger is under God's control. Your attitude is under God's control. And yet there would be some of you that you still got an attitude problem. You still got an anger problem. You're always flying off the handle. You just mean in Jesus' name. But you're mean. And you know what that is? Is you're not meek. You're not meek. Your your strength is not under God's control. And what it means to be meek is that your strength would be under God's control. Your attitude, your anger would be under God's control. Control. Blessed are the meek. I want you to see a second thing, a second thing about being meek. I want you to be blessed. And to be blessed, you have to be meek. Number two is this. Meekness means we are gentle. We are gentle. Jesus, our hero, our role model, the one we're trying to emulate and trying to be like, he was gentle. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 29, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. Everybody shout gentle. I want you to catch this. Jesus said, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus was meek. He was gentle. Now, don't confuse being meek with being weak. Jesus was meek. He was gentle, but he was not weak. He was strong with his convictions. He had godly convictions. He had godly passion. He had a backbone. Matter of fact, you can see in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus shows up at the temple. And, and in verse number 12, he, he sees people buying and selling in the temple. And so he goes and he turns over the tables. And, and, and with passion, he says in verse 13 that my father's house is called to be a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. He was passionate. He had backbone. He had conviction. He was gentle, but man, he was not weak. A matter of fact, this Jesus who, who, who is characterized as being gentle, he hung and he died on a cross for our sins. This gentle Jesus had strength and he hung, bled, and he died and he defeated death and he defeated Satan. He defeated hell and he defeated the grave. So don't confuse being meek with being weak. Yet Jesus was gentle. And we're called as followers of Jesus Christ to be gentle. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, you see, when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God 
comes to live inside of you, takes up residence inside of you, and he produces fruit. He produces characteristics and attributes to make you like Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, is living inside of you, trying to produce this fruit. You say, what kind of fruit? The Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Gentleness. Can I tell you that one of the fruit of the Spirit is that we are gentle? You don't hear a lot of sermons about being gentle. And yet it's a fruit of the Spirit. And yet for us to be blessed by God, we need to be gentle. Can I tell you that gentleness is a big deal in the Bible? It's a really big deal. It's not something to overlook. Matter of fact, Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 11, But you, man of God, flee from all this, flee from the sin, and pursue or chase after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Matter of fact, Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Gentleness. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It should be. An attribute is your life in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Paul says in Ephesians to the church at Ephesus in chapter four and verse number one, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You say, What kind of how do we live a life worthy of the calling? We're a Christian, we're followers of Jesus. We need to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. Well, he tells us how, verse two, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be gentle. Friends, can I tell you that gentleness is a dying commodity in our world? We live in a world full of hate, full of hard people. It's a hard world, full of hard people. I mean, gentleness is not common in our world. You know what's common? I mean, come on, think about it. You know what's common? What's common is to be mean. That's common. What's common is to be rude. It's very common in our world for people to be cold. It's common for people to be harsh. It's common. Matter of fact, if you see somebody who's like gentle and nice, you start thinking, what's wrong with you? What you want? What are you up to? Because it's not, it's not common to be gentle. It's not common to be nice. Matter of fact, I was, I was, I was buying something at the store the other day I had ordered something and got my order in. And when they brought the particular thing that I ordered to me, it wasn't correct. And so I let them know, hey, you got my order wrong. This is actually what I ordered. And that young lady got an attitude. I mean, she was mad at me, mean, rolled her eyes at me. I'm like, now, it's not my fault. I was clear on my order, on my receipt. You got my order wrong. And she was mad. And you know what? She better be glad I was saved. Amen. <laughs> Boy, if I wouldn't have been saved, I'd have come across that counter in the name of the Lord and said, give me what I order. But I didn't do that. I'm saved. Praise the Lord. I was nice. I didn't like how she was treating me. But I, I was nice. But I just thought, that's just common. 
for people to be mean and to be harsh and to cut their eyes at you. That is common. And yet, listen, Jesus said, listen, listen, listen. If you want to be blessed, you can't do what's common. If you want to be blessed, you want a happy life, you need to be gentle. Listen, and gentleness always shows up in the way you treat people. Gentleness is not so much how you talk. It's how it shows up. You can tell me that you're gentle, but let's see how you treat people. Matter of fact, Paul says it like this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Question. Do your friends, do your family members, do the people you work with, go to school with you, would they characterize you and explain you by saying, he or she is is gentle. But they say, boy, she's she's gentle. He's he's let your gentleness be evident to all. It's a characteristic that should be oozing from our life, and yet it's a rare commodity. The Bible says this because it not just shows up in how you treat people. It does matter how you talk to people. Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You see, when we're gentle, it shows up in how we talk to people. Proverbs 25, verse 15. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. A gentle tongue, in other words, can tear down walls, can cut through the walls, but when you're harsh and you're impatient with people, walls come up, barriers come up, but a gentle tongue can break a bone. Gentleness, blessed are the meek. Let me make a confession to you. I struggle with this. I'm not preaching at you. This has been a struggle that I've had to, through time, get victory over and the Lord has had to help me. How many of you will be honest, like I will be with you, and say that you grew up in a home where there was screaming and yelling? Just lift your hand. Come on, how many of you? Yeah. A lot, 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 lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us said, I grew in, up in a home where there was screaming and, and there was yelling, and that's how we resolve problems, is screaming and yelling. And I don't know if we got any resolve, but that's, that was the technique that was used. And, and um, matter of fact, we, I grew up in a home every once in a while. They throw stuff at you. You know what I'm saying? I said, come here. So that's kind of give you just a, a little bit of how I grew up. And so, um, um, so when I got married to Tiffany, um, you know, we can all bring baggage into our relationship, and we do. And Tiffany and I, you know, of course, as pastors, as ministers of the gospel, we never argued, you know. I've told you before, we just have intense moments of fellowship. And so um, when we had intense moments of fellowship, Tiffany would say things to me. She would say, Herbert, you're yelling at me. And I would start thinking, oh, no, I'm not. Because I remember how I grew up. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I can show you yelling. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't ever, I never did that. But you know what? As I've grown in the Lord, you know what my problem was? Is I wasn't gentle. Oh, I wasn't yelling, but I was comparing myself to how I grew up. But I sure wasn't gentle. At times I was harsh. 
couple of times I would phrase things in a way that would deem it. A couple of times I was mean. I wasn't screaming, but I wasn't gentle. And I, I even find myself today as I'm raising my four precious kids, and, and I could find myself at times not being gentle. There are times I find myself being mean, or why did I say that? Why did I say it like that? And I'm not screaming and yelling. And that's what some of you are. Some of you are screaming and yelling. I mean, you're screaming and losing your temper and going off on people. And I just want you to know to live a blessed life is to live a meek life. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And if there's something the Holy Spirit is convicting me on, and I hate to confess it to you, but on a consistent basis. And the reason I hate to confess it is because it means I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But I'm constantly convicted on, Herbert, you said that wrong. Herbert, you were too harsh. Herbert, that was condescending. Herbert, you were short with that person. You know, I mean, how many know oftentimes it shows up with the people who are closest to you, the people that you love the most, you know, because everybody else, you know, you can, you know, smile and put up a front because you have to deal with them for five minutes. But at home, you're friends. And yet, Scripture says, let your gentleness be evident to all because bless are the meek. That's the third thing I want you to see. A third thing. See, we don't teach about, we don't preach about this often. We don't teach about this often. And yet it's so critical. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the way that we live a blessed, a truly blessed and happy life is to be meek. A third thing is this. Meekness means we are humble. We are humble. Did, did you notice that several of the scriptures I read to you that gentleness and humility went hand in hand? They were right there together. I, I don't know if you noticed that. Because, listen, when you are meek, your life is filled with gentleness and humility. Matter of fact, let me just take you back to those scriptures I read to you a moment ago. Because I want you to see how gentleness and humility go hand in hand. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I'm meek, I'm gentle, and I'm Humble in heart because meekness, it's a heart condition. It's a heart issue. It all starts in the heart. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, humility, gentleness, hand in hand, to be meek. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Being meek, it goes hand in hand. You see, a humble life leads to a blessed life, but a prideful life leads to a troubled life. Scripture says it like this in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 12. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud. He may be acting one way on the outside, but his heart is full of pride. But humility comes before honor. Humility comes before the Lord's blessings. You know what people think? People think that God's blessings are on the top shelf. They think God's blessings are on the top shelf, and the taller they stand, the more full of pride they are, the more they can reach God's blessings. And that's what people think. 
and, and they're always striving. And, and, you know, on the top shelf, there, there is stuff on the top shelf, but you know what's up here is, is, is junk. It's not the best stuff. Matter of fact, at our, at our homes, we keep the sweet junk on the top shelves. You know, you, know, you go to the Cooper house, buy some honey buns or something on the top shelf. Praise the Lord. Because, <laughs> see, see, we got four little kids. And we try to keep the good stuff away from the kids. You know, put the green beans and the potatoes down, on the, down low. But you put the honey buns, the cookies, the gum, and the candy on the top shelf. Now, true story, true story. My, my four-year-old, my youngest kid, last year when he was three, literally, he would climb on top of the counter. Even did what he was two. Climb up on the counter. I mean, climb up on our kitchen counter, somehow figure out how to get himself up there and get some gum and candy and some of the good stuff out of the counters. Let me tell you, I wasn't real gentle when I talked to him. Boy, taking my cookies, I will hurt you. Okay, I didn't quite say it like that. No, I really didn't. I really didn't. But, but, but the good stuff, the sweet stuff is on the top shelf. And, you know, you got all kind of treats and good stuff on the top shelf. And, and everybody's striving to be on the top shelf. They're working. They're striving. I want to be known. I want people to know me. I want to elevate myself. I want to be somebody. I've got to get to the top. Matter of fact, I was recently at a pastor's conference, and I was, I was there teaching one of the sessions, and I was talking to another senior pastor, and he was talking about himself and telling me things about himself, and the longer I listened to him, the more angry I got. Because he was just talking, you know, he's talking top shelf talk, you know. Let me tell you, yeah, let me tell you about me, and, you know, I, I'm speaking here, but I'm, then I'm catching a plane, I'm going to go preach over there, and then, you know, I'm coming back and I'm flying over there, and I'm somebody, I'm somebody. And I was thinking, I'm not impressed with you. I'm like, like I don't care. I just want to talk. But he wanted me to know, man, I'm top shelf. I'm somebody. I'm connected. Don't you know who I am? I thought, wow. Wow. You really think that God's best blessings are on the top shelf. Pride comes before a fall. You see, God's best blessings are not on the top shelf. You see, in God's economy, his best blessings are on the lower shelves. And matter of fact, the lower you go, the better the blessings are. You see, the Bible says it like this, humility comes before honor. That's why the scripture says things like this, humble yourself before the Lord. And he will lift you up. And you see, you want to get, you see, you may get some honey buns up here, but the meat and potatoes, the real blessings, they're down here on the bottom shelf. And can I tell you, to get the best blessings, you got to stoop low. You don't reach high, you stoop low. And if you want God's best blessings, you got to get low. You got to get low. You got to quit trying to build yourself up and trying to make a name and quit tooting your own horn and quit trying to be all that in the back. Who told you were all that in the back of chips, anyways? That you're better than everybody else. Can I, can, listen. If nobody's told you in a long time, let me just tell you, your poop stinks like everybody else's. Oh, I said it? Yeah. I said, oh, I did say it. Yes. No, but they hadn't reminded you. Because we start thinking we're somebody and we're better than people. And instead of humbling ourselves, 
Because can I tell you, if you want God's best blessings, blessed are the meek. And yet we're trying to impress each other. We're trying to lift ourselves up. And Jesus said, no, blessed are the meek. And friends, can I tell you, the lower you go, the more blessed you are by the Lord. And friends, if I was really going to illustrate this right, I would actually lay on the floor. But I can't because I get my shirt dirty and I got one more service to go. I know that's pride. I know it's pride. I know it's pride. I'm just saying why I'm not doing it. But God's best blessings are always on the bottom shelf. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud. But humility comes for honor. Gentleness. Humility. Blessed are the 